I like to golf. Well, I, I take that back. I, I like to golf every once in a while. Uh, I haven't done it in quite a while. Probably have only golfed maybe, oh, five times in the five years that we have been here in Pekin, if that. But uh, um, are there any other golfers in the house here? Let me see your hands. Any golfers online? Why don't you write in there how much you like golf? How many people are like me that you like to drive around on a car in a nice grassy field, but it's just ruined by that little white ball? Anybody else like me that, yeah, that's, that's the kind of golfer that I am because golf for me has never been about golf. It's never been about hitting that little ball into a hole. Um, now, my style of golf does afford me a lot of exercise, however. Um, I feel sorry for those people who actually hit the ball long and straight because they really are not getting their money's worth when they go golfing at all. I get to drive all over the place and swing numerous amounts of time. So the purpose of a day of golfing has never been about golf for me. I heard this story about golf a long time ago, a Scotsman. Uh, demonstrated a, the new game of golf to the then President of the United States, Ulysses S. Grant. And he carefully placed that ball on the tee and he took a mighty swing. And the club hit the grass and it scattered dirt all over the place. It got into the President's beard and all around the vicinity. But the ball sat steadily right where it was on the tee. And so again, the Scotsman swung and he missed again. And the president patiently waited through six tries and then quietly said to the man, well, there seems to be a fair amount of exercise in this game, but I fail to see the purpose of the ball. <laughs> I know golf balls don't have or uh, possess human emotions, but I feel sorry for that golf ball as I take it out of my golf bag, Right because I know that that golf ball will never see its intended purpose, all right? I'm sure they're saying goodbye to their friends. It was nice knowing you. I'm about to hit a tree now, right? They know that their purpose will never be fulfilled. That it's most likely that that golf ball, when I hit it, is gonna be lost in the weeds or it's gonna be forever on the bottom of that golf course pond. That's where they'll go. There's never been a golf ball that I have ever owned that has lived out a joyful, purpose-driven life. <laughs> we are not unlike that golf ball. We have a purpose. We have a design. And when that purpose is not fulfilled, we experience a less than joyful existence. The good news is, is I have a lot more hope for all of you than I do for any golf ball that's inside my dusty golf bag that's sitting in our garage right now. The third value here at PFN is for us to be a purposed people. And we strongly believe that God has a purpose for all of us. And it doesn't matter if uh, you are here and you have no clue who Jesus is. Or if you've been following him for decades, we believe that God has still created you for a reason. He has created you for a purpose. A sense of purpose is central to a productive and a joy-filled life. Uh, research has even shown uh, that those people that have a strong sense of purpose live longer. Let me say that again. 
People with a strong sense of purpose live longer than those who aimlessly journey through their life. As a pastor, I've had the opportunity to help many people find their purpose. And at times I feel nudged to share with somebody uh, or give them advice to steer them towards a particular purpose. Now, as a pastor, I can give you some advice and I can show you ways in which God has gifted you, but your purpose is ultimately a conversation between you and God. I've also found it's a lot easier to find out if somebody is living out of purpose. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here this morning, but I thought this was worth mentioning, like those golf balls that I hit are going to spend their eternity stuck into the mud and the bank of that creek at the golf course. It's easy to know that they are not fulfilling their purpose. It's easy to find out or to see in some of us that we're not fulfilling our purpose. And maybe you will find yourself in this today. If you're taking notes, I want you to go ahead and write this down. How do you know if you're not living with a purpose? And the first one is, life is drudgery. Life is drudgery. If you're dreading getting out of bed in the morning, if you're dreading going to work or doing your daily routine, chances are, it's not guaranteed, but chances are that you're not living out God's given purpose in your life. We all go through the dumps at times. We all have those periods in our life where things are, we have a bad day or a period of time where the mundane task seems like drudgery. But our life as a whole should not feel like this. If this is the case, you are not living in the joy and the fulfillment that you find or that you feel when you're living out your God-given purpose in life. Even the mundane can feel meaningful if you are living out a spirit-fulfilled life. That's because you know that everything that you do, whether it's mundane or joyful, whatever it would be, everything that you do in your life can be lived for the glory of God and part of his greater calling upon you. So number two, how else do you know that you're not living within your purpose? Number two, if you have become complacent with sin. If you become complacent with sin, I guarantee you that you are living off purpose. That's not God's purpose for you. You see, God has given us the power through his Holy Spirit to not live in sin. And so if you are embracing sin rather than rejecting it, it's time to make a major change in your life. 1 Corinthians 15.4 puts it very bluntly where uh, it says, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. If that were not possible, then we serve a very cruel God that would put that in the Bible. So we believe that that is absolutely possible that we would not have to sin every day. The Bible makes no bones about this. Christians should work out or should work to root out sin in their lives and to put on the righteousness of Christ. And number three, how do you know if you're not living out God's purpose? You don't have hope for the future. 
Are you excited about your future? Do you, do you have hope for the things that God gets to do through your life? If you're not, you're probably not living out God's given purpose. When we trust God for our future, there, there are plenty of reasons for us to get excited. Christians should always be forward thinkers. And your ultimate hope is one day you get to be face to face with our Savior and enjoy heaven. But I think God has something for us in the meantime, don't you? I think that he has given us a hope, not just for the future of eternity, but also a hope and a future here on earth. And here on earth, we get to learn and we get to grow and we get to contribute great things to the world and to the people around us. He has a reason. He has a purpose for your life now, not just then. And so number four, how do you know if you're not living out God's purpose, you feel aimless? Do you lack motivation in your life? Do you lack that drive to move forward? Maybe you feel like you're just spinning the wheels. You're not getting anywhere. Nothing is happening. When you're fulfilling God's purpose, you aren't drifting from one idea to the next and bouncing from here to there instead. You should know what goals you're working towards. And those goals should motivate you on a daily basis. And maybe you found yourself in, in one of these that I mentioned today. Maybe you found yourself in all four of them. I'm really glad that you're here with us today. I'm really glad that you decided to watch us online. Maybe you found yourself in one of those as well. Because here at PFN, we strongly believe that your life has meaning, that your life has purpose. We strongly believe that you should be living a joy-filled life. Now, if I'm going to be completely blunt and honest, sometimes it's the Christians that I meet that aren't living out a joy-filled life. Some of the Christians that I know are living out sad and joy, joyless lives. Why? Because they've taken their eyes off of their one true love, Jesus. They stopped living out the God-giving purpose in their life. Maybe they once knew it, but now their life has taken them in a different direction. Their purpose was in the past and now they find themselves in a different situation and they're not sure what their purpose is for the future. And maybe it was circumstances or maybe it was health or maybe it was a lack of abilities now. And God is using even those things to change their purpose. The old purpose, the things that they once felt that were uh, giving them life are starting to fade away. But I tell you that God is not finished and that God has something else in mind for you. Now, we're not going to unpack all of how to find God's uh, purpose in just one sermon. We'll unpack that over time here. But, uh, or maybe you'd like to come and speak with one of our pastors. We would love to talk with you and help you realize uh, what your purpose is. But there are some pointers that I just want to give you today to help you find your purpose. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and, and fill these out. How do you find your purpose in life? How do you find that God-given purpose? First one is this. What does God have to say about it? 
Now, that seems like the most obvious place to start. We're in church. We're, we're supposed to be looking towards God, right, all the time. It seems like an obvious place for us to start, but oftentimes we look just inward instead of outward to him and ask him, what do you have to say about my purpose? Maybe we follow the well-given advice or the well-meaning advice of a person. Maybe they gave you an opportunity at one time, but you've... It never really fulfilled your purpose, and you know it. Think about this. Imagine you had a a large box of letters or cards. That's kind of an outdated reference now. But so imagine you had an email inbox full of emails from your absolute best friend, and then you complain that you never hear from them. How often do we do that? With God. God is speaking to us through His Word. Most likely, you have a Bible at home. If you don't, let us know. We'll get you one. So blow the dust off of it and get into it. And God will speak to you. You want to know what God says about the purpose of your life? Then read His Word. And when you immerse yourself in His Word, you're going to see. Uh, priorities of God starting to align with yours are actually your priorities will start to align with his. You may also discover some changes that you need to make in your life so that you are living out the kind of life that God desires for you. So read God's word, ask yourself, what does the Bible say about the purpose of my life? No, I don't think the Bible is going to tell you that you need to become a doctor or a plumber or that you need to get certified in scuba diving or anything like that. I don't think the Bible is going to tell you that. But the purpose for your life is still in the words. The purpose for your life is still found in the pages of God's word. Try it out. Trust God that he will speak to you through his word. And God's word also tells us that our purpose Our purpose, collectively, all of our purpose is to bring glory to the Father. And we do that by worshiping him. We do that by living our lives as an offering to him. We do that by sharing the good news with others. See, his purpose needs to become our purpose. Romans 8.28, this is my absolute favorite uh, verse in the Bible. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good, for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. The key part of that verse there is those who have been called according to his purpose. See, if we're not, uh, if, if, if you aren't living by God on purpose, if you're not living out his purpose, then why do we expect everything to work out for the good? See, we need to be called according to his purpose. And to do that, we need to figure out what his purpose is for our life. We can't expect God to just take all the broken puzzle pieces and make a beautiful picture out of all of those if we're not willing to live God's purpose. So as you read the Bible and learn more about God's will for your life, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. 
to open your eyes, to open up your mind so that you can understand what you're reading and then apply it to your life. But there's another way for you to hear directly from God about your purpose. You can read his word, but you have direct communication with him through prayer. Prayer is a direct line of communication to the creator of the universe. Think about that. The book of James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. You should ask God. See, the pages of the Bible aren't going to give you some specific career advice, but prayer could. The pages of the Bible may not tell you that you need to become a plumber or be certified in scuba diving, but prayer could. Could that be your purpose in life? Because God loves to communicate with you. He loves to talk with you. If you want specifics about your purpose, then go to him in prayer. Have you ever heard uh, someone say that they felt like God was calling them to do something in their life? It's likely that call came while they were praying. And whether God is calling you to move across the country uh, to become a, a, a missionary, whether he's calling you across the world to become a missionary, or simply telling you that you need to get out your cell phone and send an encouraging text to a friend that's hurting. That's God's call on your life. It's his direction for you. You can be in touch with him and you can hear his call if you would just talk to him and allow him to talk to you. See, throughout the day, I kind of send up these little Oh, do you remember when we had pagers? Remember those things way back when for all of our younger people? They were something that you wore on your belt that somebody would just page you and give you a number to call. I kind of send up these page prayers to God. Kind of like, hey God, here I am. Would you bless this situation? Would you give me words right now? Would you, would you allow me to use the right words? What to say to this person? And you know what? God answers every single time. Whether it's some big, huge prayer or whether it's some tiny little pager prayer, God answers every time. But if we want to find out the direction that God has for our life. If you need to find out exactly what God is wanting you to do and you want some specifics like that, then you may need to spend some considerable time in prayer. It can't just be this little one second prayer and say, God, tell me what I should do for the rest of my life and, and you know why you're thinking about that and when you decide to get back to me, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to go watch this movie and just whatever. It's not how that works. Spend some time in prayer. I have learned that for myself, I need to remove distractions out of my life. When I moved into the new office here at church, I set things up and I even thought I was being really, really cool and I installed one of those little Amazon Echo Dots. You know what I'm talking about? Those little Amazon Echo Dots in my office where you, know, you can say, Alexa, what's the weather like? And she'll talk to you and tell you what the weather is like. And I thought that would be a great way 
when I said, hey, Alexa, play some worship music for me. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'll have worship music playing in the background while I'm working on something. But I quickly remembered that that's not me. It's not the music. It's just a distraction. I need silence. I need to be free from distractions so that I can hear from God well. And even worship music in the background became a distraction for me. I realized that I needed the office quiet. And so now I'll come in and I'll tell the office staff that, hey, you know what? I'm just going to be unavailable for a little while. It's not that I don't want to talk to anybody else, but during this time, I really need to spend some time talking to God. And so I've designed a little plan. I put this little red card on my door window and it's a signal to staff that, hey, just right now, Pastor Brian is unavailable. It's a time that he needs to reflect on what God wants to say. I heard a pastor once that put a sign over his office door that said, Missouri. And he would tell the office staff that whenever he needed an undistracted time in order to hear from God, that if somebody were to call upon him, the receptionist was supposed to say, oh, I'm sorry, pastor is in Missouri. He's unavailable right now. So if you ever call the church and Angie or Rachel tells you, hey, I'm sorry, pastor is in Hawaii, you know they are liars, <laughs> right? You know they're not telling you the truth. But also know that your pastor is listening to God. And I will call you back, but I have to hear from him. There's another way to discover your God-given purpose. So ask yourself and ask God, what are you passionate about? Romans 12 verse 6 says, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. I want you to look around this room here this morning. Just look at all the different people that are here. If you are if you're watching online, I, maybe you have people around you, but uh, look, just look around you. Look at all the different gifts that are in this room. How, let me see your hands. How many of you can change a spark plug? Okay, I'm glad you exist. <laughs> because if you ask me to change your spark plug or to fix your car, I'm just going to have to lay hands on it. That's the only thing I can do. <laughs> I know nothing about changing a spark plug. Your car will never work again if you ask me to tune up your car. It's just not going to happen, right? But look around. All of the different talents, all of the different abilities, all of the different passions that we have in this room. Look and see what God has designed just in this sanctuary this morning. Thank God that we're not all the same, right? Can you imagine 500 of you? I can't imagine 500 of me. That's just not going to work. But as we look around this room, sometimes it's easier for us to see others' talents than our own. See, Mark has a talent for sales. Now, my family would starve to death if they... Uh, if I had to provide for them through sales commission, there's just no way that is going to happen. 
And I am so thankful for the men and women that sit upstairs and do all of our sound and video. Because if it, if it was left to some of us, we'd be using tin cans and yarn to communicate with one another, right? Yeah, so maybe we just need to pause and just give them a, a round of applause and thank them. For all that they do, they're amazing. They have gifts and talents that some of us don't have, and they use it for the glory of God. If you ever want me to play in the praise band or orchestra, I might be able to remember Glow Little Glow Worm on the saxophone, but that's about it. The only song I can play on the piano is Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater. That's it. Some Sunday we might worship to that. I don't know. But I don't have a talent for those things, nor do I have a passion for all of those things. I do have a passion for delivering God's word. I do have a passion for delivering or for developing leaders. And I realize that that's how God has gifted me. So that is what I am going to do. So don't forget to consider the ways that God has gifted you. Whether you share God's love by making the most amazing chocolate cake in the world, whether you can show God's love by taking the most stunning pictures and photography in the world, or whether you have a heart for hospitality, whether you can clearly teach a class, whether you can give somebody wise counsel, or whether you just have a great sense of humor, and you can lift somebody's spirit through laughter. You have a unique role to play in God's community. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, each of you should use whatever gift they ever received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you're wondering how to find that God-given talent or passion, first, just ask God to reveal it to you. Ask your friends or family to share with you what they see in you. Because oftentimes they will see a true passion in your life. They may be able to see a special talent that you haven't even seen in yourself. And you'll be surprised by their answers. And I suspect today that there are people here who know exactly what you are passionate about. But you've been doing something completely different for a long, long time. For example, if you're great with kids, but you've been doing something else for a long time, I guarantee you that Pastor Shauna wants to talk to you. She needs your help. If that's your passion, then follow that passion. If it's to talk with our teenagers or you have a heart for teens and the struggle that they have in today's culture, then I guarantee you that Pastor Josh wants to talk with you. If you have a passion for cooking, or a passion for gardening, or a passion for visiting people, or a passion to fix things. God has a purpose for you. There's a design for you. And when you embrace God's given passions in your life, you are going to discover an enthusiasm for life that you've never experienced before. And when you live out those passions that God has given you, all of a sudden things start to click in your life. Do you know how many people never realized their passion until they took a chance, until they took a risk, 
They never knew what God was wanting them to do in their life until they just stepped out in faith and followed him. Mark Stevens does what he does for man church. You know why? Because Pastor Greta asked him to serve in kid zone one day. And he realized what God is calling him to do. And through taking a risk, he realized what his passion was. If you don't believe me, just talk to some other people in this church. Talk to Mark. Talk to J.C. Bullard. Talk to Chris Funk. Talk to Shauna Marsh. They will tell you how they have just stepped out, took a risk, and realized all that God was doing in their life. And the last way to discover God's purpose in your life is to live within his will. It's not enough just to know what your purpose is. We also have to embrace that purpose. And that means surrendering ourselves to God and letting him direct your path. See, as self-sufficient human beings, we don't do that well. We don't do that often. It may make you afraid to lose that kind of control, to allow somebody else, even God, to direct your path. But the more we hand over the reins to God, the more we feel his purpose and direction in our life. When you're, op- when you're open to following God's will, you discover this renewed zest for life. Your priorities become what God's priorities are. You trust him to work out through everything in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to get out of bed every morning and say, good morning, world, can't wait to start this day. I don't know how... Even if I'm following God's purpose perfectly, that's not going to happen in my house. I know I still need the Keurig. I still need the coffee maker, right? Life will have moments that stink. Life is going to give you moments that really stink, but at least you know that even through those, you have a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, you are not insignificant to God in any way. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you're designed for. He knows why he created you. So read his word. Pray, pay attention to the gifts that he's given you, then start living more fully in his will for your life. See, I believe that God has created all of us in here for a community, community with one another. We are not designed to live out the purpose of our lives alone. None of us are. And so that's why our our third value in PFN is that we are to become purposed people. For that to happen, we need to come into an environment where we feel known, where we feel valued, where we want to know others, where we find value in others. And then together we can work out and figure out what our purpose is. We are a community of believers 
who have been brought here together at this time, in this moment, and in this place. We're here for one another. But we're not just here just for us. We're here for everyone out there as well. We're here for Pekin, for Tremont, for Tazewell, Tazewell County. So in order for us to fulfill our, our purpose out there, we need to help each other fulfill our purpose in here as well. I want you to think about joining us on Saturday. It's not too late to sign up. Maybe your purpose is going to be handing out. Uh, I don't think your life purpose is to hand out turkeys on that one Saturday. That's not why you were born, to hand out turkeys one day. But it might help you find your purpose. Maybe that's where you need to be. I want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment as we close today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for designing us for a reason. It's something that we share with the kids or maybe the teenagers a lot that, God, you have never designed junk. But maybe as adults, we need to hear that today as well. You designed us for a reason. There's a purpose behind your design. Here at PFN, we strive, Lord, to help others find their purpose, to find their place. We're all here to glorify you, but more specifically, there's a job for us to do. Lord, if we are going to become the church that you want us to become, everyone in here needs to become purpose-driven people. Lord, help us to find exactly where you are leading us. Help us to find exactly what that ministry may be, that person we're supposed to encourage, that job that we're supposed to do. And Lord, whether we're working here inside PFN or whether we're fulfilling your purpose out in our community, Lord, let us know that it is you who has designed us perfectly for your purpose. Lord, thank you again for being with us today. I thank you, Lord, for all of my friends who have brought you into this sanctuary. Now, Lord, be with us as we go out. Be with us as we go uh, to Broadway Street this afternoon. Be with us as we go to the restaurant afterwards. Let us live out our purpose-given life outside of these walls. And Lord, may somebody come to know you because of us and because we're living out your purpose. Jesus, thank you again for all that you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to be doing in our future. And it's in your wonderful and incredible name that we pray. And all of us said together, amen. amen. Love you guys. Thank you. You are dismissed. <laughs>